G'day everyone and welcome to this week's Garden Guy Dale K's Big Backyard. Hope you had a great week in your garden. It was certainly a little ripper of some weather here in the upper Midwest, particularly here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul. We actually went from about 40 degrees all the way up to 80 degrees and almost 90 degrees for about four straight days. So nothing gets the garden ready for spring and gets folks excited about spring than some weather just like that. By the way, next week, um, the weather does moderate here just a little bit. So more like April weather than June weather, but nonetheless, a great primer for getting outside and getting out into the garden or even just doing a wee little bit of gardening or visiting your favorite local garden shop or even just taking a walk just taking a walk in nature absolutely the best time to do it um, when there's some uh, definite spring vibes going on and talking about spring vibes i definitely i definitely got bit by the spring bug this week so even maybe I thought it might be a little too early. I even planted up my early spring combo planters. So coming up in the show this week, I'll share with you what I planted for my early spring combos. And now with all the spring, uh, with all the, the spring thaw going on and the snow melted, I want to talk a little bit this week about rabbit damage. And also for, the, for this week, a brand new segment called Dale K's Plant of the Week. So Let's jump right into the show, and I want to talk a little bit about container gardening first, because when I talk about spring vibes, that's what kind of hit me over the head with a sledgehammer this week. And I, I got to thinking to myself, really container gardening, or that first early spring container garden, is really the perfect way to say goodbye to a long, long cold winter. And it's hard to hard to not say hello spring when you have weather like we've had here in the upper Midwest here for a little bit. So firstly, you get that break in weather and that simple container garden or simply having some flowers, whether you're doing it for your patio or your front doorstep, really a nice way to say goodbye to winter and welcome spring. So there's some plants that are better than others, of course, for early spring uh, planting. And the great thing about container gardens is, I guess, you can really maximize the the seasons here in Minnesota because you might think we have four distinct uh, seasons. In meteorologically speaking, you would be absolutely correct. Spring, summer, fall or autumn, and then winter. But by not following those four seasons per se and following the uh, the container garden season you actually get a lot more than fall so you can actually break spring almost into two seasons and that's really easy to do with the early spring plantings that I'm going to share with you coming up here in a little bit then you uh, then I would say you got your more traditional spring container garden and that would be for plants that really cannot handle really any cold weather your geraniums petunias, or actually petunias can handle some cold weather, hibiscus, geraniums, all those kind of a lot warmer season plants that uh, thrive in the heat. Then as we move towards the end of summer, we have the fall uh, the fall season. So you've got your mums and your kale and all that 
kind of fun stuff. And then you have your winter container gardens, your winter pots. So you've actually, by having an early spring container garden, you're actually gardening or container gardening five times a year. So you're kind of squeaking in a whole extra season, which is really, really fun to do. And of course, makes you happy because plants make us happy. All those flowers and all those wonderful vibrant colors and wonderful fragrances. So my early spring combination planter, and these are the these are the plants that can handle some cooler weather. And I'm also going to talk or recommend to you my favorite patio planter that you can bang all these wonderful flowers into. So here's my, here's my top picks. Pansies, of course, uh, use them extensively early season and then late season in the fall because they can actually handle temperatures or the flowers can actually handle temperatures below freezing. They're almost good to about 28 degrees, if you can believe that. They'll bounce back after that. And of course, their they're cousins, very close cousins, violas, kind of in the same, the same boat as it goes for hard, hardiness. I like pansies a little bit better for a container because the flowers are bigger and they just have more flower power, bang for the buck. I like when I use violas, I like to plant them in mass. I think they look a lot better that way. It's almost like a meadow of beautiful, beautiful flowers. So that's kind of how I use the two. So pansies for containers, containers with the, the larger flowers and the painted faces are so gorgeous. It's almost like they're smiling back at you. Uh, those two are a must. Also, some other great flowers for cooler weather. Nemesia is a great flower. Snapdragons, a snapdragon is another great flower. Ranunculus, a wonderful rosette flower. Almost, if you're not familiar with ranunculus, it's actually a bulb. So you could actually save the bulbs. But it has a flower very reminiscent in shape of a peony, just not quite as large. And you'll find them in yellows and pinks and reds and oranges. Some fantastic colors but a great body plant or a great filler plant for an early season container if you're looking for something trailing creeping jenny or lemon ball sedum are fantastic and then another plant just for something a little bit trailing or for the edge of the pot sweet alyssum and sweet alyssum is probably one of those underutilized plants now because i think it's kind of been uh taken over by that by its look-alike cousin um the lobularia which I think the, the the white alyssum is so much better for this simple fact. Alyssum smells so sweet, and it has the common name, sweet alyssum. It, this fragrance, the sweet alyssum, is so sweet-smelling, where I think it's, it's copycat cousin. I think the odor there is almost a little more off-putting. So anyway, sweet alyssum is my favorite. And all those plants in combination, if you're looking for something tall, in the middle. Junkus grass is a great one. And then also you've got your cut, cut branches like pussy willow. Uh, you could use crab apple for Scythia. You'll find those, you'll find those cut branches at your favorite local garden shop or sometimes you find pussy willow along the side of the road or in the bush. Uh, that's easy to harvest as well. So using those plants in combination, of course, you, you have something tall in the middle like the juncus and the pussy willow. Around the around that, I would put the pansies and ranunculus, nemesia, snapdragons, and then for the edge, the lemon ball sedum. That's a really kind of a good go-to one. And then your sweet alyssum. Now there's another group of plants that would be perfect for your for your early spring combo planters as well. And that's what I call landscaper bulbs or force bulbs. You'll find those in containers right now. They're the, they're the guys like the muscari, the crocus, hyacinth, daffodil, 
tulips. Those you can buy in pots right now. They've been pre-forced for you. Um, you know, in the fall, you plant them in the ground. They go through that, that cooling period. You can buy them in pots. It's, the uh, growers have, have given them the same cooling period. And you can add those to your container gardens as well. So they are my top picks for early spring combos. The, and the great thing about that is you've got two distinct flowering seasons in Maine. So once these, once it gets too warm for the pansies, the, the tulips have, have bloomed out, then you can go ahead and recreate or redo your planters for all those warmer season flowering annuals, hibiscus, mandevilla, geraniums, the list goes on and on and on. We'll, and don't worry, we'll have a whole podcast on spring combos because it's so much fun. And of course, as we approach Mother's Day weekend, Combination planters, especially when they're made by, made by you, given to your mother, so, so special. So, so special. So before Mother's Day weekend, I promise we'll, we'll dive right into some perfect uh, spring combinations for Mother's Day that will last all through the summer with some easy care. Now, I mentioned that I wanted to talk about my favorite patio planter as well, or a container or a vessel to, to pot into. And it, it occurred to me this week why, why it was one of my favorites for a very important quality. But um, right out of the gate, off the bat, crescent planters or uh, planters by Crescent Gardening. And I'll have, the, I'll have the website listed for you. It's crescentgardening.com. But they have a wonderful resin planter in all sorts of shapes and sizes um, very contemporary uh, a very contemporary sleek look they have some more traditional styles as well but they probably lean a little bit more to the contemporary style which I think is is really great it puts gardening right at the forefront of trends but for the the reason I like crescent planters number one is it's a very durable resin planter almost indestructible so there's no issues with freeze thaw um, cracking or any of that kind of nonsense that goes on with with other types of materials, particularly when we talk about ceramics and terracottas and concrete, they're very prone to cracking over time and flaking over time. So that uh, that totally gets eliminated with with a resin planter, which is what what uh, Crescent is. The second reason I absolutely love these planters is they're lightweight. So even some of the tallest, largest containers, and, and they have super large containers. So if you're looking for uh, some sort of a commercial uh, installation, you know, office complex, or you're worried about your planters walking away or being stolen, they have some really, really big planters that once they're planted, they're really not going to go anywhere. But in combination with that, they're super lightweight. So when I'm when I'm talking about my early spring planters, well, I think to myself, boy, it really might get below 28 degrees in April or March, April, depending on when the weather breaks. And if I want to lift my containers inside or move them into the garage, super lightweight, easy to move. Probably don't even need a dolly or a second person. You can move them probably on your own. So that's really beneficial. And you, of course, that um, that is also rings true in the the fall months when we start when the season starts to cool down again you got to pop them inside the garage to to avoid a couple of chilly nights 
The second reason I like them is they're double walled. So um, just like homes, they have an uh, insulation kind of, you know, it's double walled for insulation and that they have that same property. And I'm not really sure if that's really by design. If you're from uh, Crescent Planters, um, please give me a direct message me on Instagram. Let me know if that was by design or not to have them double walled for insulation. Um, I should mention too, my Instagram handle, if you've got a gardening question or just want to reach out, Dale K Garden Guy on Instagram, the best way to get a hold of me, and you can follow me there. But the that insulation actually has some heating, uh, some uh, some heating potential and also cooling potential. So um, that's a great attribute as well. And I thought to myself, God, that's really clever. So your pots kind of warm up in the uh, during the day, and if it gets cool at night, they kind of have that little buffer warm air in between uh, the walls of the planter. So crescent planters, and again, um, I'll have the the website um, listed for you. But uh, they're easy to get a hold of. You can buy them direct from their website, or you can go to your favorite local garden shop. I don't think there's a good independent garden center in the whole country that does not stock crescent. So there you go, my early spring combo planter for spring vibes, and then also the perfect planter to put them in. So this year in the Twin Cities, there was an unbelievable amount of snow. It snowed early, and I think back on November 4th, it snowed quite a bit, and it never went anywhere till about a week ago. And it kept snowing and snowing and snowing. So a couple of things in relation to that. Firstly, there's lawns are in all sorts of problems. So I think next week on the show, we will cover my top five, top five spring must-dos. And I'm sure at least one of those, at least one, will involve what's going on in lawns once you've had a lot of a lot of snow cover. Number two, rabbit damage is probably at an all-time high. I've not I've been in this neck of the woods for um 25, 30 years. I haven't seen rabbit damage this bad for a long time. And then a couple of weeks ago on the the show I mentioned we had this unbelievable snowstorm and an ice storm and it broke a lot of a lot of branches and and trees and trees are down and all sorts of stuff so there's tree damage and then there's rabbit damage and like i said the rabbit damage because the snow kept piling up as the snow piles up the rabbits just get taller because they're still walking around on the snow and they can reach up you know a foot foot and a half depending on the size of the bunny so rabbit damage is a lot more prevalent than what it what it was uh, or what it has been i should say for many years so we'll talk a little bit about mitigating that but firstly going along with my spring vibes this week because i just can't say that word enough i guess but um, some other great plants that will give you some great early spring color one of them's my favorite i have it planted in my uh in my yard it's actually a memorial to my to my my nana but uh royal star magnolia is a great early spring bloomer the buds bloom before the foliage comes out, which is absolutely, it's a wonderful, spectacular white star-shaped bloom. Has slightly a, a pink uh, swollen bud before it breaks out. That is a fantastic tree. Another fantastic tree for early spring color. One of my favorites is red bud. And again, that flowers 
before the leaves come out. And it has a really intense, kind of a purplish pink bloom. And they're actually small blooms that kind of um, craft themselves up the branches of the tree. So it really looks like a, a, a structurally engineered powerhouse of flowers. And the other thing that makes these flowers look so fabulous is the bark on a red bud is quite dark. So it's almost like a fluorescent. Think of, if you're in the south, think of crepe myrtles and then think of the northern version of crepe myrtles. That's a, that's a red bud. Some of my other favorites, azaleas, forsythia. I mentioned willow or pussy willows. Um, all of those are great for early spring color. So let's get back to this this rabbit damage thing. And it's, it's almost, or not almost, it's heartbreaking when you see uh, trees and bushes being girdled or chopped back down to the ground, um, arborvitaes being trimmed up from the bottom from rabbits because they're literally so they're literally starving. They'll eat almost anything. You got to feel sorry for them, right? Because they just they're just living, and they've you know there's some there's some creatures that have really adapted quite well to urban life, and rabbits for sure are one of those creatures. But it's quite uh, disheartening when you see that damage in the spring and for the most part the the girdling and um is a wait and see game um the arborvitae damage from the bottom up once that's been chewed it's highly unlikely that comes back about the only thing that um is that they've actually helped you out on i guess is and i have a i have a wigilia and if you say wigilia um Feel free. There's this. This show does not judge any pronunciation because I'm the worst pronouncer of the English language that there is. So whether you're Wigglia or Wigilia, um, I have one out of my uh, my back door, and it got decimated by rabbits. It's kind of it's very soft wood, so they go for that first. They're quite fond of it. Um, any of you like your flowering shrubs? If they chew them back to almost to the ground, more than likely they'll come back. So no, no worries there, but the the girdling that this uh, that goes around, and if they get into that cambium layer for a length and deep enough, that can be very detrimental to to uh, the cambium layer, and of course that supplies all the nutrients and food to to the plant itself. So, and even if it comes out comes back this year, if it's been weakened too much, who knows if the, if this if these plants. Um, make it through another harsh winter. So um, it's very tough to to mitigate rabbit damage. The best thing that you can do in the fall to mitigate this type of th this type of problem or this type of damage is to wrap plants or put a physical barrier, some poultry netting or some wire netting. Uh, put some distance between rabbits and your prized landscape plants because once that damage is done, it's very hard to to get them to come back. Um, a lot of times the pruning sealers and the the, um, the wound dressings um, don't work. They don't really do a lot. They make us <laughs> they make us feel good that that we've attempted to do something, um, but really the damage is is done. So prevention is better than the cure in this case. So put a little distance, a physical barrier between rabbits and your prized plants of the landscape, those expensive ones, those trees that you don't want to lose, those arborvitaes that are providing critical windbreaks or um, fencing or screens, things things like that. Um, that's the 
best advice. Anything that's damaged and actually leaves out, make sure you give it a shot of fertilizer. I've mentioned before, don't underestimate the power of fertilizer. Um, that's important. And then just watch the watering. Don't uh, don't overwater or don't underwater. Sometimes we have a tendency to love plants to death, particularly when they're in trouble. So just watch the watering, but don't let them dry out too much because uh, during the summer months, because that can be stressful as they head into fall, particularly on the evergreens that have been um, damaged by uh, by rabbits. And you know we can lump deer into that into that same little box of dice as well. All right, so coming up next week, we're going to do, I promise you, we'll do the top five spring must-dos. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about one other thing that can get done this week. And actually, I'm going to do a lot of things this week in the garden. I'm going to plant, um, I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but I'm going to plant potatoes, and I'm going to plant uh, lettuce, spinach, uh, arugula, all those kind of good stuff, some radish. I'm going to do all those this week. I've got a raised planter. So really for me, the veggie garden starts this week. But the other thing that you may want to pay attention to is, and if you've got problems with scale or, and I've got some actually some scale on my magnolia um, that I got to take care of, but now would be the perfect time to apply a horticultural oil before plants leaf out. That's when a horticultural oil go on, goes on. Um, you can buy those sprays. And they, the most important thing is there, they go on the plant, they get applied to the plants before the leaves leaf out. And it's kind of like a coating that smothers or suffocates all these kind of yucky scales and, and mealy bugs and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's a good one. That, that can get done this week. And I should mention, um, if you're looking for a good kind of all-inclusive spray that's labeled for organic gardening, um, go to your favorite local garden shop and ask for neem oil. It's a great four-in-one. It takes care of some diseases and some pests. Uh, but there's some brand new technology that goes into... Um, cre- uh, I've got this 100% right, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's called Neem Max. So they've taken neem and they've um, done a next generation on it. This is a product by Bonide. It might even go under their Captain Jack's brand. Um, but neem oil, it's a great four-in-one um, kind of cure-all. So if you're having problems or you want to be on the safe side and do a little bit of prevention rather than the cure, take a peek at neem oil. All right, we've got time for one quick question. And this comes from Clara from the great state of North Dakota and in particular Fargo. This question came in um, just this week. What size pot should I put my tomatoes in? Well, the first thing I said back was, are you kind of sizing them up or are they going into their their final destination? She said their final destination. I said, bigger is better, Clara. Bigger is better. So tomatoes need a lot of space. They love a lot of space. So my recommendation is the bigger the better. At a minimum, a five-gallon pot. Go to your favorite local garden shop. Oftentimes, they will give you garden pots or sell them to use ones to you at a discount. If the, if you have a used one, clean it, um, clean it out. Even give it a little bit of rinse with some hot soapy water because you don't want any diseases, right? But if you're doing container gardens on tomatoes, the bigger the better. Okay, time for a brand new segment. It's called Dale K's Plant of the Week, and my plant of the week this week is passion vines. And here is why. I just love the I just love the wildness and beauty of climbing vines. And 
wisteria is another great one but um i just love the beauty of vines the way they grow the way they kind of um bramble and twist into um supports and trellising and all that kind of thing is really cool it's kind of just like a a raw kind of wild unbridled kind of growth habit that i find so appealing the flowers themselves are almost alien like they're a really cool flower um um if you're unfamiliar with a passion uh, a passion vine flower take a peek on the internet it's really really stunning and there's blues and reds and all that kind of kind of cool stuff but most important passion fruit passion fruit one of my favorite favorite fruits brings back a lot of childhood memories um, of having passion fruit on ice cream that's what my mum used to make absolutely a little uh, a stunning quick and easy dessert you get the sweet and a little bit of sour combined with the nuttiness and crunch of the seeds. Yes, you eat the seeds on Passion Vine. So that's my plan of the week. Stay tuned next week for next week's plan of the week. Hope you had fun out in the garden this week. I had fun bringing you this broadcast. And of course, as a reminder, this is a production of Big Backyard Media in conjunction with my good friend, Chip Umquist. Um, thanks for joining me this week. I hope you have a great week in the in the garden and stay tuned. I'll give you the update of, of what I planted. Um, and of course, stay tuned for those top five must-dos. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.